they'll be called to the set in just a moment. Set. Away, Freeman out well, a mighty roar. Samantha Stozer in straight sets is the champion of the United States Open. Here's Aloisi for a place in the World Cup. He's John Aloisi again, he scores a ripper goal. Welcome to episode six of the bench. Oh, what a big night we've got in store for us tonight, and I cannot, can't. Do it without my lovely, wonderful, enthusiastic, sometimes annoying co-host, Beck Dow. I think you forgot ravishing, Dave. Oh, ravishing. Um, you know what started tonight? AFLW pre-season. Really? Yep. And wow. And I thought if they can go out and do a pre-season and run and jog and eat healthy food, I can too. Ah, so no. you started? No? No, I'm not um, going to, but I thought I could. I think my beloved cats are taking another extra week's rest. I think they start their pre-season next week, I believe. Oh. So I reckon the cats, I'm going to make my bold statement. This is going to be brought back out on Chicks Talking Footy next year. The cats will win the AFLW flag. That's my tip. I actually don't think that's that outrageous, mm. to be honest. But recruited well, so anyway. Mm, watch this space. The cat's not on the run sheet and they just sneak on. The cat's in the cradle, like Dave. Like a sneaky little and cat. Silver spoon. Who do we have on the show tonight? I'll quickly look at my documents and I've got the uh, the fantastic Joe Law, uh, who's uh, the owner of Big Bro Sport. He's going to be popping in and telling us exactly what Big Bro Sport is and also our lovely friend of the show. Mary Kay from Ladies Who League and Ladies Who Leg Spin. The Ladies Who franchise. Big podcast following. Um, I listen quite often um, to her. Well, she speaks a lot about the Parramatta Eels and they're not the greatest side going around. But I barrack for Manly Seagulls and they're not great going around. And we share that bond of both barracking for... Loser teams. Terrible sides. Oh, yeah. well, you hey, know. you can join the club. You barrack for Adelaide Crows. Ooh, actually, Dave, I think I just heard something. You know what it's time for? It's time for the sports wrap. Start on a positive tonight, David. I'm going to start with women's cricket. You know why? Because the Aussies. Why, Beck? The Aussies are on fire. Well, the Southern Stars are absolutely tearing it up at the T20 World Cup. Alyssa Healy posted the fastest half century in World T20 history off over 21 bowls, Dave. And she's on fire. And she's got a big total today as well in the uh, against the Kiwis. Do you know how many bowls it would take me to hit a half century? I don't think you would last a single delivery. 564. But the Aussies cruise to a nine-wicket win over Ireland with 65 bowls to spare, might I add. But you know what, Dave? Women's cricket at the moment is summed up by a headline I read this morning. Do you know what it is? Go on, tell me. They're not cheats. Crowds love them and they win matches. They're very good. You know what I love about the Australian side so much at the moment? Their batting is so good and their bowling is so good. I know. In the same team. I was watching it on Saturday morning and I was just like, you go, girls. How good was it just uh, slurping on your porridge watching the Aussies dominate in the Caribbean? Mm, Avocado on toast, mate. I'm classy. But to men's cricket, Dave, 
I've got one question for you. Oh. One day cricket, what is the point? Well, I used to... I guess when I grew up, one day cricket was huge. I remember... You know, watching cricket into deep into the night, watching Michael Bevan and Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne dominate, and uh, um, we're so good. But I think now that the introduction of T20 cricket, it's been around for quite a few years now, that T20 cricket has taken that little bit of that short format. Well, Australia recently lost their three-match one-day series against South Africa. I've got a few comments about it, Dave. Firstly, we were rubbish. Secondly, it was a badly attended series. Five thousand five hundred people attended the match in Hobart on Sunday. Five thousand five hundred people that's attended tough. my house when I bought my new Thermomix. Yeah, that's tough. Thirdly, it wasn't shown on free to air yep, TV, so you ever. had to have Foxtel. Yeah, I am outraged. I'm mad. I'm angry, and we should cut it. Cricket mm. Australia is apparently expecting bigger crowds for the 2020 series, but it's still only on Foxtel. Uh, that's pretty bad. I've done some research today, Dave. The cheapest sports package available on Foxtel starts at $58 a month. That is not accessible. Yeah. So cricket, that's cricket Australia, I think like a lot of people like myself got into cricket by racing home from school and making sure that we can watch the War Brothers bat. And they inspired me to become the cricketer that I, well, was. <laughs> not anymore. But um, how are the kids going to race home from school if they don't have Foxtel and watch the heroes that they want to become? Like... Is Cricket Australia concerned by that not being on TV? How are they supposed to eat their 10 wheat bix and drink their Milo? This is what I want to know. But anyway, I'm going to move off men's cricket, Do you cricket, have a solution, Dave? Beck? You're, a, you're oh, a fixer? Cut one day cricket. I'll oh, cut one day cricket altogether. This is what I want in cricket, Dave. I want five days or I want three hours. There is nothing, nothing in, in between. between. Because if it's five days, I've got enough time to go to the toilet, have a shower, pop to the shops. I'm not going to miss a hell of a lot. And if I've got three hours, well, I'll just sit there and watch it. But this rubbish that goes for ten hours, oh, I'm not having it. There's some questions I shouldn't ask, and that is another one. What else is happening in the sports wrap? Well, Dave, bit of AFL news for you. Geelong Cats, your Geelong Cats forward Daniel Menzel has been picked up by the Sydney Swans on a oh, one-year deal. Well, he can kick goals, and he, I guess he did get cut from the Cats due to lack of tackling pressure is what the uh, the rumour is. But it's quite funny, Sydney, didn't they have... Who was the... Uh... Well, this is the thing. Menzel's had a career plagued by injury. He's had four knee reconstructions. Three four, more, Dave. Three more than me? Four more than me, but still, we've all got stuff. Um, but the irony of this is the Swans recently delisted Alex Johnson, who'd undergone five knee oh, reconstructions. So, that's, so that, that's the, the, the cut-off. Yeah, that's the cut-off. Yeah, four's the cut-off. So, Daniel, if you're listening, and big listener of the show, oh, he's a big one fan. more is it. Sydney, don't tolerate five ACL Ricos. That's my go. Is this a genius move by the Swans, Dave, or the dumbest idea of all time? Uh, I think they're pretty desperate, and they they believe that with Budwa, the Buddy Franklin, that they are in the premiership window. So I don't mind the recruit because he needs a bit of help up forward there. So, you know, Menzel's a 40-goal season player, so I'm all for it. Well done, uh, Horse Longmire, the coach. Now, Dave, this sports rap's made me angry, but but there's something that's going to make me happy, and that's doing the Bolt Report. <laughs> Beck, no, we, no, you can't do the Bolt Report. Why? I, said, I do the Bolt Report every week. Yeah, but I told you last week the Bolt Report's gone. It's no more. He's but, not playing... For, he's not, it's, but I do it every week. No more. Okay. Can't I just... I'm going to continue with the uh, sports wrap. No. The Winter Olympics are up for grabs um, for... Uh, well, no one wants the Winter Olympics. That's the concern. So It's, it's like one day cricket. It is a little bit. So they, uh, they're shopping it around, the IOC. They've gone to Norway. In Norway, when you think of Winter Olympics, you think of the Norwegians. Knock on the door. 
Do you want the Winter Olympics? Hello, Norway speaking. They're hiding behind the couch. Norway don't want the Winter Olympics. They're hiding behind the fjords. You go to Austria, Austria, another, you know, big in the Winter Olympics. You think, you know what, that could be the biggest thing ever to happen to Austria. Knock on the door. Do you want the Winter Olympics? Hello, Austria. No, we're hiding behind the yodelers. Yes, don't want it. So they're now going to Calgary, Canada. And supposedly they've shown some interest. But is it like one of those, you know, at an auction where maybe somebody's just like swatting away a fly? Is that the kind of bid they put in? like, oh, what's that about? We're behind our maple leaves. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe Melbourne can get some fake ice in and we can do it. Yeah. Or down at, like, Phillip Island, somewhere it's a oh, bit yeah. chillier. Yeah, 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 yeah. We could have a couple of penguins as our uh, yeah. mascots. That could work, actually. Yeah. I might have a chat to... Um, some of our city leaders, I don't know their yeah, names, but they'll, so. I'm sure they'll be involved. But speaking of Olympics, South Korea and North Korea. Oh, which, I can't see anything bad going on here. They are partnering up for the uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. They're going to become a force. And also, doesn't stop there, they're going to co-bid for the 2032 Olympic Games to be play, to be happening in the North and South Korea. That's a different kind of marriage equality, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, we're, we're having a bit of beef at the moment between you and I. Oh, does so, that mean it's time for the Bolt Report? No, this, it's not. I tell you right now, the Bolt Report is never happening on Joy 94.9 ever again. If you want to hear the Bolt Report, can you text in 0427 Joy 949 and convince <laughs> Dave that the Bolt Report is not dead? If I get, okay, if I get one text, okay, okay, just one text requesting for the Bolt Report on 0427 Joy 949, we will have the Bolt Report. And I've got no idea what you're going to talk about. He doesn't play soccer anymore. <laughs> he doesn't run anymore. He the whole spring carnival's there. done. Like, what is he do- what's he doing? Well, I can tell no, you. No, 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 no. No more, no more. Um, tonight's show, Mary Kay, the podcaster extraordinaire who is in charge of the fan- two fantastic podcasts, Ladies Who League and Ladies Who Leg Spin, which we love the most coming into summertime. She's on the show. And plus, Joe Law, who is the owner of Big Bro Sport. And he's going to be popping in and talking about a brand new initiative. You're listening to The Bench on Joy 94.9. The Bench is what you're listening to. And if you want to get fit but you hate the gym, are you worried about not having the fitness to play soccer? There's a brand new initiative called Big Bro Sport. And to tell us more about it, owner Joe Law joins us in the studio. Welcome to The Bench. Thank you very much. Now, Big Bro Sport has been around for a few months. Uh, tell us what's it all about. So basically, uh, the initiative started um, from inspiration from the UK. Um, it's just about health and fitness, really, um, concentrating on mental health, physical health, all based around the lovely sport soccer, as you guys call it out here, as I know it's football. Uh, yeah, so we've been going for a few months now and looking to get the initiative rolling for everybody, really. Now, Beck's a bit iffy when it comes to football, soccer. What are we going to roll with tonight? Oh, I've asked some people and they told me it's not res- disrespectful if I say soccer. <laughs> I think in this in this country, you're, you know, I'll respect the tradition and call it soccer. Thank forward. you, Joe. Right, I appreciate right. you. Now, Joe, where, where did the motivation come from to get this program off the ground? Um, it was definitely for me more of a... I coming to Australia about four years ago and having the love of soccer, um, basically realising that um, in this country... It was really hard for me to find a place to play soccer. There was a lot of teams set up or teams that were very high intensity and sometimes not the most welcoming. I realised that there was a sort of a gap in the market where being welcoming and inclusive is something that was missing and bringing the initiative here, realising actually there's something we could do here. So we started with a very small uh, team at the moment, group of guys, um, and basically just welcoming anybody from with any fitness levels, any skill levels we've had, 
uh, people turn up who'd never played soccer ever and they've just grown and grown and grown. That's great. So there's plenty of personal trainers, boot camps, gyms, you know, every second person's trying to flog your membership to one of those. What makes big bro sport different to all of those kind of things? We don't really put the pressure on the whole commitment side. I feel with a lot of personal training and groups you sign up to, you know, gyms example, you have to feel like you're signing up for months and months and months. We are literally $10, come along, have a play and see how you get on, really. Every time I've tried to quit a gym, it's like I have to give them my firstborn <laughs> child, a lock of my hair yeah. and three pints of blood. I think we had to get out of contract. We nearly had to sell a kidney. Yeah, like, Yeah, to that level. That, to me, is the most attractive yeah. thing you've just said, Joe. I'm very pleased to hear that. Now, for people that want to get involved with Big Bro and uh, get down to one of these soccer sessions, what does a session look like? So we usually roll, get there about, well, I get there a little bit earlier, so it's 7 o'clock start, um, and we get, I get there earlier, and then usually between 7, 7.15, we like to do skills training, what we call it. Basically, it just means we kick the ball to each other and try and hit it as hard as possible in the net. Um, and then, obviously, if the guys do want to do a bit more skill training, we can incorporate that. And then 7, quarter past 7, roughly, we, have a, we kick off. Um, we split into two teams. They're completely random every time, so there's sort of no cliques. Uh, and then go, we go from there. And then usually between 45 minutes to 40-minute games, um, and then everybody's knackered by the end of it, and we have a nice picture. So what's some of the stories? So the people that are coming and getting themselves involved in big bro sport... What's some of their stories and their like personal stories to get down to do big bro sport? Yeah, I mean, we've had one guy who has come back from quite a serious back injury and the nervousness on his side to get back into sport was really there. Jim was just completely out of the question. And then I said, look, come down, have a go. We'll make sure that there's no clattering challenges. People aren't flying into each other. After one session, change person. He comes back consistently every single week. And seeing how much he's improved physically and mentally is is unbelievable. Well, I was going to say that because obviously the physical part of it's great and people are doing it for fitness and weight loss and all those sorts of things. But the mental side of it, I assume, too, is, is a real attraction to people. Oh, massively. I mean, I say this every time because every time someone new comes along, I do put, take them to the side for a minute, have a quick chat and introduce them, make sure they shake hands with everybody, introduce you to everybody. For me personally, the mental side is, is a massive thing. Uh, I've had my struggles with mental health, of course, and like a lot of people have. And especially, you know, for guys, a lot of the time it's difficult for them to talk about mental health as it is for everybody um but if i say it every time if i could bottle up how good you feel after these 45 minutes i'd be a multi-millionaire because they just feel fantastic afterwards and you can't describe it i i myself have had a pretty rough week tuesday i played yesterday and your mind's just off everything for 45 minutes and you're having the best laugh so do you feel that that might be the main benefit of big bro sport where maybe kicking the soccer ball around might be the secondary to getting the most out of your mental health Oh, 100%. I think it, it's it's almost like a, sort of like a, a therapy session without a therapy session. You know, we're all having a laugh. The amount of laughter you hear throughout the game is unbelievable. The support every single person gives to each other, whether it's a good pass, a good goal, whatever, is also fantastic as well. So the, there's a real... I've started to call it the big bro family because that's what I'm starting to feel like it's growing into. Um, and, yeah, just the incorporation and bringing everybody in is just fantastic. It's giving me goosebumps. I like it. I like nice things. We don't hear yes. enough nice things. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was trying to do. And that's I think that's where, without being too modest, my personality comes in as well because I've always tried to be welcoming to everybody and I think that's what keeps people coming back, which is great. What's the target market for Big Bro? 
Could I be a big bro? Oh, of course. Yeah. Excellent. Definitely. I think we're, we're, we're targeting everybody. I mean, initially, we did look at the guys' market. That's sort of where I was playing in. But we're definitely looking at incorporating everybody. So we've got the website. We've got Facebook. Anybody drop me a message and say, I'm really keen to play. We can automatically, we can, as you know, we get the numbers in. We can do mixed. We already do mixed already. Uh, my fiancé drops in and helps when we have shorter numbers. Her sister does. She's got a harder shot than most of the guys there. <laughs> so, yeah, she's very useful. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we're for everyone, really. So... I'm excited. So, uh, Big Bro Sport, obviously, it comes from uh, a similar program in England. What's How long has that been going for and what does that look like in England? So, this, the program that we took a bit of inspiration from was uh, a program called Man V Fat, which is a, was a great program which my brother was heavily involved with. Um, it's basically, that was really concentrating on weight loss. So, purely based on um, guys that you'd go and you'd play in every, I think it was every two or three pounds you'd lose, you'd score a goal off the pitch technically and you'd also score a goal on the pitch fantastic opportunity and fantastic idea and I, it's gone viral out there it's huge it's across the whole country now with new leagues opening up I spoke to my brother and there was a few more negatives that I wasn't too keen on and it became very much if you don't lose weight then it's not the league for you where me I'm really about what I like to call it now and we kind of call it the phrase match fitness so there's some guys for me you know I would love to lose a couple of kilos but I'm still going to be a big guy whereas there's some people who want to get really skinny or some people who want to put on muscle so we don't want to concentrate on the pure weight loss we want to concentrate on the fitness both mental and physical we're chatting to Joe Law from Big Bro Sports. Joe, what are some of the things that um, I guess stop people going to traditional gyms, personal training, those sorts of things, and attract them to what you're doing? So this is the interesting thing. When we first started, we were saying what someone, uh, one of the guys at the um, venue we play at, said, "You've got to limit your barriers, Joe." And then I sat there and thought to myself, well, "What are the barriers these people face?" And it really is getting off the sofa. That mm. is the thing for me. Getting off the sofa and going to the gym is. Oh God, couldn't be couldn't be further from what I wanted to do. I don't want to be sitting looking at all these physical specimens and thinking oh, I'm never going to get there. You know, I think for us it's more about them going. Oh, I had a really good game last week. I had a really good game on Tuesday. Oh, I want to go back and go again. We've had one guy who never kicked a soccer ball, and yesterday he was unbelievable. He's the most improved, and everybody just loves it seeing how much he's improved. And I think the family aspect and there is levels of competition there of course because we have two teams and we keep slight track of the score um, but then it's more the fact of the family the physical side of it of course and then as you come out of it you feel so much great after it it's you know if you have a bad session at the gym you might have pulled something you might have not hit your reps here you do three good passes and have a good shot you're feeling great afterwards yeah yeah and, and for some of your participants who uh obviously they they have some sort of love for soccer. So what are some of the issues that they may face or they might be intimidated by going to a local soccer club? I think it's exactly the same thing as I had the problems with, where it was it was very intimidating. You, you're going into a group rather than us, which is at the, currently is a small group, and the teams, when we play, we try to keep it to five or six a side, so it's not a massive group. When I turned up, there was 20 guys there. And the first thing they're doing is right run around the pitch. And I'm like, oh, my fitness is on the floor. I'm never going to be able to do this. So automatically there's barriers up. Automatically you're thinking, oh, God, I don't really fancy this. So I think with this it's more of a case of because we're so welcoming, everybody just feels, you know, I just had a guy message me saying, I'm keen to play. And then I was giving him, you know, just come along, have a go. It's $10.00 give it a shot if you don't like it you don't have to come back there's no commitment but I'm sure you will so it sounds like there's a real community aspect Mm. to it as well which I imagine is quite attractive for people you know just talking to other people and and getting to know new people it's it's fantastic we've got a couple of guys who have brought 
two or three or four friends along, which is fantastic, but they're just integrated straight within the group. I'm very strong in the aspect where if I felt there was a person being negative there, I'd sort of bring them up on it very quickly. And if they weren't fit for the group, I'd say, look, you're not sort of welcome back, which sounds harsh, but it will help weed out any problems. And we've been very lucky where we haven't had that issue because I think straight away people realise, actually, this is a really friendly, welcoming you know, group, and they want to keep that that way. So you're not going to get any plonkers, as we would say in England. You're not going to get any of them. So yeah, it's more like I say, friendly, welcoming, and yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and socially, it's obviously a, a place for people to meet friends and yeah. you know, meet some. Oh yeah, for sure. I think there's. I mean, everybody's. I would class as the group, the sort of the regulars. We like to have a, definitely seen as friends now, and there's the opportunity afterwards if you want to have a beer or a soft drink or whatever afterwards. There's, we always end up after we play having a good five ten minute chat, seeing how everybody's going, coming again, this sort of stuff. So there's the, the social aspect of it is massive as well. And then obviously going forward as we grow, we're going to look at doing more social events, and eventually down the line, who knows, we might expand into leagues or cups and this that and the other. So there's there's so much potential. Yeah, and what what's sort of been some of the feedback from the people that uh, are involved with Big Bro Sport? Um, Without blowing my own trumpet, I think it's all fantastic feedback. Um, We've got people who can't make it due to work commitments and stuff genuinely upset you know a few of them are going oh I'm really sorry I can't make it Joe I've got one guy who's working interstate and he's texting me now saying oh, I'm still gutted I can't make it and all this sort of stuff so I think the feedback's been positive because it's it's already the the positivity and how well everybody works together is already far beyond my expectations and I feel like the unit we've got now is going to grow even more and I think when we, you know, more people, hopefully through this, which is a fantastic opportunity, will hear and go, oh, you know what, I'll give it a shot and, and you know, try it out and, yeah, we'll go from there. And I think one of the things too, you know, we, we hear a lot on this show and talking to people on this show that um, a lot of LGBTI people exclude themselves from sport too. So I think for, for people that are excluding themselves for all kind of reasons, mm. it sounds like a really welcoming environment oh, as well. I mean, that's not even that's not even a question we mm. don't we don't care where you're from what your background is as long as your attitude's right you're more than welcome mm. and that's really what we we incorporate you know we've had people from all all races all colors creeds everything you know all orientations come and play and love it so yeah that's not a problem for us and maybe one year or three years or five years down the track where do you see big bro sport going uh i'd love it to be australia wide that's the dream um I think based where we're based now um, is fantastic. Then they've got a similar venue based up in other parts of Australia, so we could, there's an easy jump over there. So Australia, why would be fantastic? And I think, like I say, it's more of a the physical side and the mental side are both fantastic. So it's it kind of goes in what I know Australia government have been talking about move Australia and all that sort of stuff. Where that's what we really want to do, but move without the pressure of feeling like you're moving. Yeah, that's yep, the hardest yep. part for people is feeling like they have to do it for us it's like you know you, you want to do it which is why I think we're really sort of doing well and if Beck and I were pretty keen to get down and get involved and maybe kick the soccer ball around a little bit more how do we get involved where do we go for so information you can go to Big Bro Sports on Facebook or BigBroSports.com which is our website um, and then also yeah just drop me a message on either of those areas and then I'll get back to you straight away where do um, you play Joe? we play in Dandenong so a okay. venue called Soccer Fives in Dandenong and they've Great. been fantastic to us, so yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited. I want to play. Oh, I expect to see you there next week. I would be no good. Oh, everybody says that, and then before you know it, you've you know run past someone and scored a goal. So you know what I often think? Like, I wonder whether there's things in life I'm really, really good at, yep. and I've just never tried them. Like, I've never tried to play soccer. Like, maybe I am Sam Kerr, and I just haven't had the opportunity to find out yet. I'm seeing Australia. 
you know, call up straight away. Already. I know. I would be a great Matilda. Well, okay. Well, they must be desperate. <laughs> um, speaking of desperation, uh, you are a big Arsenal fan and they're one desperate team. How are they going this season? This is completely a blindsided me, Dave. Thanks very much for this. No, uh, yeah, we're doing great this season. Um, I think it was time for Wenger to go. Uh, and I'm glad he has done because we're, I think it's 14, 15 undefeated at the moment, which is great for us. There's still going to be people who want to moan, of course. There's always with uh, English people in general and Arsenal fans, definitely. It's a double header. But yeah, we're doing great. I'm, I'm enjoying it as much as possible and trying to stay awake and watch the games. It's still, even being four years in Australia, still a you know, culture shock for me to be up to watch the soccer, but yeah, we're doing all right. And uh, we won't talk about your team, Dave. Yeah, uh, straight away, there you go. There you go. I've got the cue from our producer yeah. to wrap it up. Uh, we'd love to see this take off. Big Bro is bringing a lot of people to get involved and look after themselves. Uh, for more information, you go to bigbrosport.com. Thanks for coming on, Joe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe. That was Joe Law, owner of Big Bro Sport, a fitness based soccer program focusing on weight loss. You're listening to. You, no, you Dave, can... you forgot something. You enjoy... oh. It's the Bolt Report. No, we're not doing the yeah, bolt report. Yeah, it's time for the bolt no, no, report. No, no. no more. You're listening to the bench on Joy. You're listening to the bench on Joy. On the line now, we have the fabulous Mary Kay. She is the host and driving force behind the podcast and social media juggernaut that is Ladies Who League and Ladies Who League Spin. Mary, welcome to the bench. Hello, thank you so much for having me. We're excited, Mary. We usually speak to Mary on Grand Final Day, don't we, Dave? And she gives us our once-a-year rugby league education. Yes, and she got the tip right. She tipped against Melbourne Storm and got it right this year, Mary. <laughs> There's always a first for everything right. I don't usually uh, encourage people to take on board my tips, but I'll definitely take on a win this year. Now, Mary, we're always asking about the game, but we're going we're gonna to de- dive a bit into you this week, so don't be scared. Don't worry, I've had every question asked of me before, so I'm not afraid. Ask away. Quick, Dave, write some more questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, Mary, you know we're big followers of your podcast show and your, and your social media, but tell us, how did it all begin? So, honestly, the story goes that um, I was working as a lawyer in a corporate law firm, and I met this amazing woman, and much like everyone else I meet, she realised very quickly that I had this big passion for sport. And she said to me, Mary, why don't you do something about it? And I said, nah, no one will be interested in what I have to say. And she said, no, 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 you should have a go. So I went home, thought about it that night and realised I had nothing to lose. And then literally the next day, Ladies Who League was born and it's been an amazing journey since then. So how did it all start? Do you sit down on a computer and, or do you start talking and hopefully <laughs> somebody's listening? How did, it, how did it all start, that first moment? So it started as a blog. So it started on WordPress, a really, really dodgy looking blog because I'm not very creative. I started the Twitter and the Facebook at the same time and then just started writing and I wrote constantly basically for the first five months and just waited for people to start taking notice and I was pretty surprised when they did. Now Mary I reckon there'd be people that are shocked to know that the uh, Ladies Who franchise isn't your full-time job because I think the (laughs) amount of time and passion that you seem to put into it but it's not your full-time job how do you how do you manage it all? Look, that's a good question. A lot of people ask me that one. And a lot of people also ask um, how many employees I have. (laughs) I I don't have any employees, but I'm really glad that to an untrained eye, that's exactly what it looks like. I think there are a couple of ways that I sort of get through it all. And the first reason is that I just genuinely love it. Like it just brings me joy. And when I go to events or or when I do shows like this, I always leave feeling energised. It's not an energy drainer. So that's all really, really positive. 
the other thing is um, I still live at home with mum and dad and they are really, really supportive of me and make sure that I'm fed and my clothes are washed and I'm looked after so that I can run around on the weekends and during the evenings doing my sport and social media. Now, you speak, uh, speak about your podcast being so positive for you, and I'm just trying to compare it to the bench uh, with Beck here. It, it actually drains all my energy out at uh, speaking sport with uh, Beck every week. <laughs> He's terrible. No, see, for me, isn't he a meanie? I'm not going to answer any more of your questions. I'm speaking to Beck from now on. <laughs> yeah, girl, girl power, so, Dave. So, Mary, first question. <laughs> what, have been, what have been some of your biggest achievements for you through the life of your podcast? There have been so many, but honestly, I think the thing that I'm proudest of is just being embraced so warmly by the sports that I love so much. So genuinely now I can go to any rugby league game or any cricket game and there are people that I know and a really welcoming, supportive family. I think as well, um, on the day that the NRL women's competition was announced, I got a call from someone at NRL HQ and they said thank you to me for the small role that I played in, in, in advocating and helping to get that competition off the ground. So that's also been really special. And another one that's been awesome actually has been that um, I spoke on a panel a few weeks ago and a woman came up to me afterwards and she worked at a company that was really interested in getting behind and sponsoring women's sport. So she said, do you know anyone that needs help? And I basically put out a tweet and got 30 or 40 responses. And a number of those clubs ended up getting sponsorship because I managed to put the corporate together with the grassroots club. And, and for me, that's what it's all about, like giving women and giving girls the opportunity to play sport. That was probably one of the most proud moments that I've had, not just this year, but throughout the whole journey. That's wonderful. Mary, are you a, uh, have you, do you play sport or are you just like me and you have no, no <laughs> physical skills except for talking about it ad nauseum? Okay, so I think we need to distinguish between playing sport and having physical skills because I definitely played sport but had no <laughs> physical skills. Um, so when I was younger, I played sport all the time. So I did basketball, I did hockey, I did netball, I did water polo, I did swimming. Never any of the male-dominated sports, though, because I went to an all-girls school and those options weren't available. But then when I started working as a lawyer, work sort of started getting out of control. So I started running and doing yoga and things that I could sort of control when I did. Um, but, yeah, now it's mainly talking about sport. People are like, do you play? And I'm like, no, 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 I talk sport, I don't play. And uh, a, a young Mary, you know, in the younger years growing up loving sport, who were the, some of the names that you were idolising at the time? The players. Uh, so the first player that I ever fell in love with was a man by the name of Clinton Shafosky, and he played for the Parramatta Eels. Oh, I trust. He was the first player, <laughs> yeah, that I ever actually properly fell in love with. And then there were a number of other ones along the way. Um, another one that stands out is Tim but he also played for the Eels and we had a great season with him in 2005. Now, I was in year 11 in 2005 and I remember my economics book was covered in pictures of him, like just cover to cover, Tim Smith. <laughs> it's probably the equivalent of my school book that was covered in Tony Modra, cover to cover, uh. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was, but you know what's funny? If I were to cover books now, I'd cover them in female athletes. Yeah, exactly. And there's That's so many like for me now. And there's so many to choose from at the moment, especially in Australia, with so many uh, of our sporting teams dominating the uh, the sports. It's so true. So we've got the Matildas doing wonderful things. The Australian women's cricket team is absolutely killing it in the Caribbean at the moment. 
But then even the teams that aren't competing and the women that I've managed to meet through my sporting adventures, I would say almost every single woman that I've interviewed is wonderful, passionate and plays the game because she absolutely loves it. And that is infectious and something that I think we can all look up to um, when thinking about what we want to do with our lives and sort of living life with purpose. Well, we are chatting with Mary Kay, podcaster and host of Ladies Who League and Ladies Who League Spin. Mary, I think we've interrogated your personal life enough. (laughs) So I'm going to get on to some cricket. Um, er Earlier in the show, I was saying I read a headline about the women's cricket team, which I just love, that said, they're not cheats, crowds love them and they win matches. All true. Which I thought really summed it up. But have you been uh, keeping a close eye on the T20 World Cup? Yeah, I certainly have. So Australia actually played their third game today against New Zealand and they've won all three of their games so far. The first game was against Pakistan, their second game was against Ireland and today they played New Zealand. They've won more game and that'll be televised at 2am on Sunday morning against India, but we're already through to the semi-finals. And can I tell you the Women are playing some outstanding cricket and Elisa Healy is the most informed Australian cricketer that we have right now, full stop. There's just no debate. Now, she, she scored a 48, a 56 and a 53, which included obviously the fastest half century in uh, women's cricket. How have you found and where did it all come from? I know she had great form leading into the World Cup, but she's just taken it to another level. So she has. So today when she scored her half century, that was her sixth half century in eight innings. Wow. And look, with Elisa, it's actually the result of a lot of hard work. So Alex Blackwell, who was another wonderful cricketer, was captain of the New South Wales Breakers last year, which is New South Wales WNCL women's team. Elisa has taken over the captaincy from Alex this year, given her retirement. And Elisa had to do some thinking about her own form. And I know that she wasn't happy after the Women's World um, World Cup last year. And she took some time to have a look at the way she was batting. And she noticed that there was a certain area of the ground that she wasn't utilising properly. And so she's introduced a sweep shot into her game, which she's playing very, very effectively. But what's been even better is that during the Women's Ashes last year, I know Elisa was criticised a little bit for her form behind the stump as a wicketkeeper. Um, but even through her own words, she said that she was getting a little bit lazy. So she's been working on her squatting and getting down low and using her legs. And her wicket-keeping since she's arrived in the Caribbean and over the last couple of games against Pakistan has been fantastic. It is, like, I think on in the first game, she took two stumpings, two catches and a run-out in that first game. And she's been practising relentlessly basically since she got to the Caribbean to make sure that she's climatised for those conditions. I could talk forever. <laughs> now, obviously, Healy is dominating at the moment. Who else has been starring for the Aussies? Yeah, so the bowling attack has actually been exceptional as well. So Delissa Kimmins took two wickets in one over today, but we've also got a really young attack in that Sophie Molyneux, uh, Georgia Wareham and Taylor Vlamanick, who hasn't actually played a game yet. They're all around the 20 years old mark, so they're all doing exceptionally well. Sophie Molyneux took a wicket today and Georgia Wareham also took a key wicket. But Megan Shute is the bowler that has taken the most T20 wickets. She holds the record and she's also been in fantastic form. God, they could teach the boys a thing or two, couldn't they? <laughs> oh, they could. And I've got to be honest, I tweeted last week about how cranky I was that I just keep seeing these headlines about Australian cricket being in disarray. It's absolutely not in disarray. Like, we need to understand that we have more than one national team and the women are overseas basically killing it at the moment. And it sort of seems ironic that the worse the men get at playing and behaving, the more the women seem to be shining. Absolutely, and the female cricketers are outstanding role models. 
And I just can't wait for them to come home after hopefully a successful World T20 campaign and get straight into the women's big bash. And, and speaking of some great things, and, and, and forgive me for my pronunciations here, but South African cricketers uh, Marizanne Kapp and Dane Van Niekerk made history on Sunday morning, uh, becoming the first married couple to build a partnership and bat together in a major ICC tournament. How does this story rank in the feel-good category? It's wonderful. So Danae and Marizan both play for the Sydney Sixers, so they'll be out for the summer as well, and I feel like they got married earlier this year. Danae is probably one of the best female cricketers in the world. At the moment, she can bat, she can bowl. So to hear that as well has just been a great story. And there have been plenty of others as well, like Harman Preet Kaur. She plays for India. She's currently the captain. She also plays for the Sydney Thunder in the Women's Big Bash. She scored a century in the opening game of the Women's World T20. Just feel-good story after feel-good story. I'm excited. I want. I'm. Hey, I reckon I'm just going to not watch men's cricket anymore. I, I announced at the start of the story one day games were dead. Now I've decided all men's cricket is dead, and I will only be watching women's cricket. Very well, Beck, harsh. it's funny that you say that because people um, people engage me in conversation. Like they say, "Oh, your lady, she legs spin." So, what do you think of the cricket at the moment? It's not going too well, and I'm like, actually going super well like I'm really interested in women's cricket it's going really really well so it's funny my interest in women's sport has slowly taken over and I definitely know more about the women's game now than I do about the men's and I feel pretty good about that. Well you're preaching to the choir here now at this stage of the tournament is there any team out there capable of coming close to our Aussies? Look, I'm really looking forward to the game between Australia and India. The funny thing about Australia is that their batting totals, despite Elisa Healy's form, haven't been where they wanted them to be. So they scored 153 today against New Zealand. The benchmark that they're looking for is 180. And the reason that we've been winning so comprehensively is also because our bowling attack has been just killing it. So I feel like only... Two New Zealand players made it above double figures today. So that just speaks to a really, really effective bowling attack. I feel like if Australia is to win this tournament, they need to be getting more than 150, and I feel like 180 is the benchmark. So I'm really looking forward to this game against India on Sunday morning to see where we're at. Well, Mary, we'll all be closely watching the Aussies in the semifinals and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with chatting cricket all summer long. We'll be telling everyone to go and listen to ladies whose legs spin, follow you on the social media, and we will no doubt have you back talking to us again soon. Thank you for the wonderful chat, guys. It's always a pleasure. Episode 6 of The Bench is nearly done and dusted for another week. What a big show. But you know what, Dave? There's time for one more thing. You know what it is? What's wrong? What's wrong with the mic? It's the Bolt Report. Oh, no. Can I please do it? Because uh, we've had do it. You know we've had no less than 43 people message in asking for the nah, Bolt Report. you know what? Just do it. Go on. Do oh, it. Dave's do it. Good. I'm going to do it. So, thankfully, Usain remains in the news, Dave. Are you excited? I'm not excited at all, but go on. Okay. Well, Usain was interviewed by The Sun this week, which I understand is a very classy UK publication. And this is what he revealed, Dave. (laughs) Ready? Strap yourself in. In the early days, I did try having sex before a race just to see if it helped. It was a disaster. I was nowhere. (laughs) That's Usain. But that's not all, Dave. Oh, God. I went to his Instagram just to see if he was out and about. And thank God he is. He is in Tokyo for a big opening, Dave. You know what it was the opening of? What is it? Usain Bolt's Tracks and Records, comma, the number one space for Jamaican fusion cuisine, music and sports viewing. 
I rest my case. The Bolt <sighs> Report is not dead. There you go. The Bolt Report for another bloody week. Um, episode six is done and dusted. Thank you to our very lovely guests, Mary Kay, the podcaster extraordinaire from Ladies Who League and Ladies Who Leg Spin, and Joe Law, owner of Big Bro Sport. Thank you, Dave. Been listening to The Bench on Joy.